In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right. So, Vince, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to acclimate yourself. Get no, 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 no. Come on. I'm, let's go. No. I mean, Ooh. I mean, it's 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 not daughters of the dust. I think. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Shots fired! Shots yeah. fired! Let me go get my extensive research that I did <laughs> for all of the illusion <laughs> and the subtext. I brought some bell hooks readings to help inform my critique. Yeah, I think I, know, I, I think I'm good. I think this is my fault because I mentioned to Lynn because like I've watched this movie like multiple times during this quarantine. I don't know why. Don't and I, I don't know why, but it's I think it triggers me. And so I mentioned that to Lynn, and the next thing I know, I guess so, Michelle Mission. <laughs> I'm like, what? I can't wait to see what it triggers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. Yeah. I like how like Vince is like legitimately like. What is, what is it about this that you were like? That is a word. That is that, is, that, is, that like. Maybe I don't know you as well as I thought I did. <laughs> So we are off and running, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are reviewing from 2018, Tyler Perry's Nobody's Fool, starring Tika Sumter, Tiffany Haddish, Omari Hardwick, and Whoopi Goldberg in a romantic comedy that was suggested by me by way of our very special guest. Right. Don't tell people I said you don't need to talk about this movie. It was more a personal journey Yeah, this made her take a long walk. Right. <laughs> It's Ariel Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, the only comic book store on the East Coast that is owned and operated by a black woman and a dear friend of the Michelle Mission. Hey, Ariel, how you doing? Yeah, hey. Hi, Michelle Mission, Len, Vince, and the missionaries. Hello. I'm also a fan of the show, so I'm also a missionary. Yes. It's always a pleasure to join you all. I think this is my third time. 
I believe so. Yes. That sounds right. Yeah. 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 Third time. And I should uh, let people know. And before I get uh, uh, text messages from my fellow Tribbles, I will also let people know that Ariel Johnson is also a member of the Black Tribbles podcast that I do as well. She is a Tribble. She is the uncanny Tribble if I Correct. AKA Amalgam Trouble, AKA Bruce Leroy Trouble. Sure enough. Yes. A lot of cross pollination. <laughs> That's what happens here. Um, so we're going to get started. We're going to do this review. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, we like to. Uh, thank each and every one of you for all of your feedback that you send us over uh, all of our past episodes. This is episode 201. This is 201, Vince. Here we, we go. We are Start off and running. That's we are right. on the other side. On the road to 300. <laughs> yes. Uh, next stop, Meteor Man. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing, because y'all be making fun of that, and I know that's going to be the last thing you review. I would like to be there for that. I actually really like Meteor Man, but in my defense, I was a young child when that movie came out. We have lots of opinions on Meteor Man. They've just been uh, erased <laughs> twice, so now I'm afraid to say what my opinion of Meteor Man is. Yes. So okay. on that last episode, it may just be you, so that it can actually get <laughs> Right, so it actually go through. All right, let's. Uh, we got some emails, Vince, that we need okay. to review. Um, we got an email from from Andrew uh, Strachan, and I may be pronouncing that wrong, in, that name incorrect. I'm, I apologize. S T R A C H A N. Hey, Hi, Andrew. Hi, guys! Congratulations on 200 episodes. Thank I, you. I just wanted to drop you a quick line to say how much I enjoy your podcast. I started just listening by dipping into episodes about films that I watch to get another take on them. Then I started listening to episodes about films I had considered watching to see if they were worth diving into. Now I find myself listening to every episode, even if I have no intention on ever watching it. Like <laughs> Ghost Dad. Thanks for taking the hit for that one. Ghost Dad. Uh, <laughs> Don't, don't start, Vince. Don't start. <laughs> the reason is entirely down to you, too. The chemistry, character, and discussions you have make a review of any film a pleasure to listen to. I will continue to listen to each new episode as they come out, but will be particularly excited when you get around to the disco Godfather. Mm. With, with so much revived interest in Rudy Ray Moore, after Dolomite is my name, which focuses almost entirely on his first two films, it would be great to hear your take on his message movie. That message being, someone should have told Rudy not to make this. <laughs> Sadly, I cannot contribute to the ongoing grits conversation. I live in England where they are in short supply. And if we did do them, we'd probably screw them up by adding mushy peas. Oh, but no. <laughs> keep up the great work and looking forward to the next 200. Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. <laughs> and we will go to the, it was the avenging disco godfather over here. Maybe in London, they dropped the avenging. <laughs> yes he's the avenging disco godfather it, it maybe in london they said oh just get it over with the disco <laughs> godfather 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Um, Ariel, I'm curious, have you, are, before Dolomite is my name, or even maybe only with the film, were you a fan of Rudy Ray Moore and his uh, filmography? Well, I know of Rudy Ray Moore by way of Ghostface Killer. Um, okay. Oh, wait, 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 no, 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 yeah. yeah, hey, dirty. So, and he used clips from that movie. So, my generation, I was in high school when that came out. So, I had two friends who were um, like on the road to be comedians, and they made things that were not funny funny. Okay. So after that came out, they were like renting all of these Rudy Ray Moore videos and like watching them and then doing their own commentary. So I have like a very fond memory of those movies, the ones that I've seen, but not because of the movies themselves, but because of my friend group and, and their shenanigans. Um, but uh, yeah, so I it's funny because I think I talked to you about Dolomite is my name because I couldn't. I didn't know how to judge that movie because I was like, it, or is it, was he really over the top like that? Or I don't know. It was just, I had no context even for what I was watching because even the real story was bizarre. But, yeah. it, but at the end of it, I, because Dolomite was such an over the top character, I expected he, him to personally also be like that. But he seemed like he was a real down to earth guy not mm -hmm. even like not a player that it didn't seem like he was doing all the things that his character did it was just that was what he portrayed in the film so i, I don't know so i'm i am just at a loss and i'm you know i i feel like i can't really speak on it um the same way that you all do because i didn't experience like really experience it in in real time i guess so i'm just trying to catch up so i don't i don't i don't know Hey, pump I, your break. Pump your break. We didn't. We didn't experience it in real time. <laughs> well, real time than me. <laughs> was, we that the really was that the seventies? Isn't that y'all time period? Oh boy. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I hope you're enjoying your last time on the Michelle Mission, uh, Ariel. Um, we have another email, Vince, from Aaron Fry. Hey, what's up, Aaron? Uh, since the involuntary staycationing, I've done a lot of rewatching of DVDs, and I just finished The Prisoner. Nice. This, this needs a reboot as a 10 or 12 part limited series on a streaming platform starring Idris Elba as number six. The number twos should all be top tier talent. What do you think, guys? What do you think about his... Uh, Casting recasting of the prisoner, Vince. I actually disagree. I think I think um, Patrick McGowan and the '60s when it was made are such a an integral part of of what made it work mm. that every time they mess with it, it's it just pales in comparison. You know, they did reboot it for like they tried to reboot it in the um with like the early 2000s. You remember that? I do see. I do seem to remember something like that, and it not going over very well. Right. 
Um, it's sort of like the Avengers. Like, I think there are some things that are very era-specific. Avengers is a television show, the English television show. Right, 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 right. That's true. And I, I, I – because I actually think that the uh, the Prisoner, the TV series, which was good, I think it was a little bit ahead of its time. Um, oh, yeah. And when it came out, it came out, like, in the Smash Boom era, and, like, it, it just – it didn't work. It didn't work. But here's the thing. I like myself some Idris Elba. I do like the brother. But he, does he have to do every black English John? Or like, if we're going to reboot every English John and we're going to put a black man in it, does it have to be Ingr- uh, Idris Elba? I actually, if you were going to reboot The Prisoner, I would say I would get Daniel Kaluuya. I think he would be great for it. Okay. He would you know what? I think to turn all of this on its ear, I don't know anything about this, but I do have an opinion about British actors taking American roles. So it's like, just get an American actor and let them do a British accent. Why not? Because they doing it. Daniel Kaluuya, I didn't even realize he was British. And then I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I was like, they out here. Right. They in the cut. You feel like Darius McRae of Family Matters fame would probably bring some levels to this. Uh, Are you being serious? No, he's absolutely not being serious. Um, hey, um, checking out the Facebook comments. Thank you, each and every one of you that are checking us out. Um, Jay Webb hit us up and said that he actually has a friend who was in Rudy Ray Moore's Human Tornado. Nice. And Robert Monroe, who is a uh, a wealth of knowledge, as we have learned here on the Michelle Mission, has pointed out that The Prisoner was, in fact, a sequel to the British TV series Secret Agent. Now, Robert, is that canon? I know we I know people have said that, but I don't re- I don't recall anyone actually saying that that is actually canonical, that it's a uh, um, sequel. The Secret okay. Agent, of course, being the the um, show that Patrick McGowan starred in before The Prisoner. Well, he will let us know, Vince. Yeah. We also heard from Sarah Elkins. Hey, Sarah. At, at Configures on um, uh, Twitter. She said she's still catching up on back episodes and came across the Paris Blues episode where yeah. Salt and Pepper's I'll Take Your Man is posited as the sequel to Dolly Parton's Jolene. That's, <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> yes, that was you. Um, <laughs> both good songs, and I can see the point about uh, the sequence. So she's uh, she agrees with you, Vince. Okay. And Aaron well, Fry... And Aaron Fry also mentioned on uh, on Twitter, just a heads up, I know you guys would do it if we could, but we're busy with other things. But there is apparently a new podcast that is reviewing The Wire, um, hosted by Jamel Hill, formerly of ESPN, and Van yeah. Lathan, uh, and it's called Way Down in the Hole. They're doing a review of The Wire, Vince. What do you think about that? Oh, I love that. Actually, fell down a YouTube hole the other day looking at wire clips. Really, like an hour had passed. Wow. <laughs> you know, so just, you... Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, just clips. Like just clips from various episodes. You know, are you taking notes for at a criminal enterprise? The mm. ever seen from early on 
uh, the scene where Fre- Freeman goes and gets the poster. Right, right. Because remember, nobody remember what he looked like. That's right. Avon Barksdale driving around in circles. Omar's <laughs> grandmother getting shot at on Sunday. Because oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, don't get me started. Don't don't get me started. Somebody said that The Wire is the best HBO show ever. Um, I'll even do better than that. I have a book that is listed um, as the best TV shows of all time. Two TV critics sat down and like broke down what they've considered. They actually ranked them. And The Wire, I believe, ranked at number three. Oh, wow. And, and what are the two ahead of it? The only two shows ahead of it were the um, Vince, now you're going to make me want to go get the book. Uh, I believe it's The Simpsons and it's it's not The Sopranos because The Sopranos, I think, were number five. Right. I think it may either be The Simpsons and Cheers and then The Wire. Interesting. I think The Simpsons has gone too long now. Cheers is a good argument. Yeah. I mean, I like Cheers. I would not make an argument that it was the best TV show ever. Oh, I think The Wire is better. I think The Wire is the best. But but Cheers is a good argument. Just the ensemble and from beginning to end, the quality. And to be fair, I could be misremembering that and The Wire could be over Cheers. But it decidedly is definitely in the top five. Right. In their book. Well, the Uh, family matters. Family matters. Um, family matters. Kick. Just going to be my thing this evening. I, I, I well, thank you. I, I appreciate that over the lethal weapon too. So that's fine. Um, but I believe family matters came in at one hundred and three. One hundred and three. One hundred and three. Yeah, it made the back cover of the book. Back cover. Got you. Got you. Uh, Ariel, are you a, were you a fan? Have you watched The Wire? I watched the first season by proxy because every I'm from Baltimore and everyone was watching the wire. Mm-hmm. Um, I dabbled with season two because that was the doc season, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, and then the third season was the season with the kids. Uh, no, I think that's the fourth season. Okay. Yeah, fourth well, I don't know if I saw any of the third season, but what I saw of the fourth season just made me really sad. And yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm probably not going to return to this. Yeah. The fourth season is just heartbreaking. Yeah. So it, it, it is heartbreaking, but it is one of the best seasons of television. Yeah. Ever. It is an amazing. Yeah, but sometimes I can't like when things are like hit me. Like in that, like that sad spot, I just can't, I can't go back. That's why I can't watch AI again. Um, oh, the movie AI? Oh my God. I yeah. cried for hours, hours after the movie was over. Look, I don't know if you heard, I said it a few weeks ago. I can't do Lost Kids anymore. Like I can't do Finding Nemo or Finding Dory. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dory was kind of grown though. I, no, I but- actually like I like finding Dory better than finding Nemo. Oh, her parents have been looking for her for you. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That man lost his son in finding Nemo. It was two hours of him trying to find his son. Nope, not me. I'm not signing up for that. It was rough. I get it. It It was rough. They both were tearjerkers. I will give you that. 
I'll give you that. Um, we're here, ladies and gentlemen, to review Nobody's Fool, which is Tyler, uh, uh, written and produced, written and directed and produced by Tyler Perry. Um, and we've done a few Tyler Perry films on the Michelle Mission, um, but this is the first first one that we're doing with Arielle Johnson of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. Arielle, where do you fall on the Tyler Perry uh, barometer? I mean, I have seen a few of the Medeas. Um, I think... Have you enjoyed them? I liked... I think I like Medea's Family Reunion. Okay, okay. I do remember having a warm spot for that, but that's really it. I mean, they're all kind of, you know, they're all kind of over the top. Um, so I feel like in some cases, if you've seen one specifically of the Medea films, you've kind of seen them all. Um, but wait, so I, yeah, family, cause family reunion, that was the one that had Blair Underwood as the abusive husband, right? I think so. He got the grits. Yeah. The yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's the one I, that is the one I liked. Um, yeah. Other than that, not really. And honestly, I didn't even realize this was a Tyler Perry film until it got to the end. And I was like, Tyler Perry Studios. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. It, I, I, yeah, I didn't, I did not realize that. So, I mean, but I, like, I respect, I respect the dude. I respect, you know, what he's doing, what he's been able to make happen. So I'm, I'm not going to like knock him. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but I do feel like, you know, his, his, he can kind of just be kind of one note in his films. Okay. Not a lot of, a lot of layers there. So I feel you. That's kind of ironic considering what we're watching tonight. I know. We'll wait for the, we'll wait I for don't the know what it is. It doesn't make sense. I, I recognize that it doesn't make sense. I was like, this shouldn't be hitting me like it is. <laughs> but it is. I don't know. This is your finding Nima. <laughs> well, actually, my um I guess uh, my finding Dory, because I actually finding Nemo, I fell asleep on that. Oh no, not, that did not hold my attention at all. But I love finding Dory. I don't know why. Once again, really, wow! I recently just—I mean, probably within the last few months—rewatched re- both of them, and I—I uh, <laughs> I was bawling all over again on those movies, man. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Finding Nemo could not hold my attention, but finding Dory. And uh, recently, because of Lynn, I watched um, Inside uh, Out. Inside Out, which was very good. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, they're all good. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, Pixar likes to pull at your heartstrings. And once once I heard that Inside Out was kind of sad, I said, oh, no, because they're not going to get me on some up stuff. I'm in there <laughs> thinking I'm going to see a house flying with balloons. Ten minutes in, the man's wife died. I said, <laughs> I said Pixar, you ain't right. Terrible. <laughs> I had to go out in the lobby and call my wife. <laughs> uh, somebody in a Facebook group said that my kids weren't as traumatized by Finding Nemo as Vince was. That's probably for the best. That's probably for the best. Because I don't. I don't. I don't understand it, but God bless you. All right. Um, but, but real quick, before we get into this, uh, I think some people might be interested because we're all alone together. We've all been self-quarantining, self-isolation, um, the whole country. And that's the reason why um, Vince 
has agreed to, because it's all about Vince, ladies and gentlemen, has agreed to do more Facebook Lives because we want to give you people like a little bit extra. Yeah. Um, and But some people might be interested, Ariel, as a small business owner, um, how have you been doing with this self-isolation, with basically the, the government being shut down? Um, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Um, I'm, I think I'm holding up okay. Um, personally, I am an introvert, so... The first two, three weeks of this, I was like, yeah, this is the life. <laughs> I can do this all the time. I was um, born into this. <laughs> I was born for this. Um, but no, I think, um, of course, like as a business owner, you know, it is it is stressful because everything's up in the air. Everything's changing. Initially, you know, they were saying like two weeks. So was, I think uh, originally it was about 15 days yeah. um, for the quarantine. And then that got extended. And, you know, now they're saying May or the president's saying May, but right. you know, the governors may decide something else. So I, I don't know. I'm just trying to kind of take it all in stride. Um trying to figure out a plan because I do want to, you know, keep my employees safe. So I'm, you know, applying for all these grants and, and funding uh, opportunities that they're having to kind of help businesses pay their employees. Um, but even so, I'm not, I don't want to do that in a way to, to put my employees in danger. I want everybody to kind of stay home, stay safe. And then right. you know, we'll emerge when all this is said and done. Because uh, as much as I love comic books, I can't, uh, justified as essential. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. I don't want anybody getting sick so somebody could read the next Batman. It's like, stay home, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to use it, you know, as, as a small business owner who very rarely has time, um, kind of taking advantage of that, kind of getting my household in order and even the store because the store is not open, but I am able to go there because I'm still isolating because I'm just by myself. So just kind of getting caught up on some paperwork. And hopefully when we reopen, we're just in a, a better place and, you know, mentally I'll be in a better place and, mm -hmm. and we'll see, I'm just taking it all in stride. Try not to stress about it because we're all in the same boat. You know, it's not a thing where amal amalgam's out here and is this outlier while everybody else is hustling. It's like, no, we're all kind of, in the same boat so let's just be safe and i figure you know if we're all actually following these stay-at-home rules and all that we can be back to normal sooner i don't you know i i, I my fear is that especially with our current leader that they might rush things and then six months right. from now we'll be back in our houses you know and i would rather just let's get it done so that we can kind of return to some semblance of normal because i do really think uh a second uh, wave of this is not mm -hmm. going to sit well with people's just even psyche. You know, it's just different. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you don't want to talk to anybody. You're like, get away from me. I, I think it is kind of changing us socially. And so I think to have to go back to that down the road might really be detrimental to us as a society, you know? Well said. Well said. I appreciate that. And I also... Um... Oh, Vince, you want to say something? No, no, no. You know, I'm always, I'm always about the business of business. Now, is Amalgam still selling gift certificates? Oh yes. Thank you, Vince. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in the in the meantime, you can support Amalgam uh, by going to amalgamphilly.com, and you can you can just buy a gift certificate that gives us 
um, some funds in the meantime to kind of keep things afloat. Uh, and then when we open up for business, you have that credit to use to actually redeem and, and, and buy books and things like that. Um, so thank you for that, Vince. Yes. 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 And also there are some comic book companies, uh, one uh, TKO Comics, I, I know that are actually still selling their books online and have give you the option of selecting your favorite comic book shop such as Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, where you can do the purchase there and they'll split the proceeds 50-50 with that comic book shop. So yeah. I actually bought three trade paperbacks that came in the mail today that I split the profits with Amalgam Comics. And um, I'll you know, invite all of you to do that type of stuff for whatever the local comic book shop is in your area. Because me and Vince are big time comic heads and we've right. rep for Amalgam before. So we will do it again because um, Ariel told us to. And um, <laughs> you should rep for the comic book store in your neighborhood as well, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? Anything else, Vince? No, no. I think that make sure we get that out there. Most definitely. All right. Let's get to our review of Tyler Perry's Nobody's Fool. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. this deal, I'll be the first black woman to be a VP in the company. Hi, Mom. Hey, darling. Listen, it's your sister. She's getting out. If you could pick her up, I'd appreciate it. What time? What time, honey? It's jail. You get there when you can, like the song said. Hey, girl, hey! Free ass! Free ass! I'm about to go out here and shake this ass. Can we go to the club? They don't smell like roaches in here or nothing. How you get sparkles in the back of an animal? What is this, a Care Bear? I need a job. Why don't you just work here? Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, that is so dope. Uh, where it say sex? What, what you want me to put right there? What you want to put? Plenty. <laughs> I like sexes from my exes. My sister is a bit much. How can I help you? What they say You've been standing in line all this time and you don't know what you want. Okay, you could just stand right there and think about it. Who is this? Charlie. Charlie. He is an amazing guy. She met him online a year ago, but she's never even seen him. It seemed too good to be true. If the man looks too good to be true, he is. You're being catfished. So the dude ain't real? No, the dude ain't real. It could be anybody. We need to go and find this son of a bitch who catfished me. And we gonna tear his ass up. This should be good. Like that. I'm just the Is she serious? Girl, I got his address. We gonna do this tonight. We gonna need a saw, some plastic, burner phone. I gotta go to the bathroom. That's good. You need to go ahead and let all the liquids out because you don't want to leave no DNA. You're not helping. Every time you try to kill a man, you're gonna squirt a little pee. I know that for sure. Mama, it's Tanya. Who? It's Tanya. Oh no, Tanya no here. Mama, I know it's you. This connection is so rickety. Hello? What? Mama, you in the window. I'm sorry, what? We not on no cell phone, Mama. I, I can't hear you, baby. I can't hear, oh my. Mama. 
Nobody's Fool is a 2018 American romantic comedy film written and directed by Tyler Perry. It stars Tiffany Haddish, Tika Sumter, Omari Hardwick, Makad Brooks, Amber Riley, and Whoopi Goldberg, and follows a recently paroled woman who tries to help her sister with a man who may be catfishing her. The film marks Tyler Perry's first R-rated comedy, as well as his first film not to be distributed by Lionsgate. Um, it opened November of 2018 to negative reviews, despite some praise for Haddish and Goldberg, and it will go on to gross $33 million worldwide, making it one of Tyler Perry's lowest grossing films. Uh, ever. This film, while it was my selection, as you can see, it is a recent fan favorite of our guest, Ariel Johnson. So, Ariel, Ariel. I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Ariel, please tell us what was it about Nobody's Fool that struck you in your feelings so very deeply that you felt triggered by it? I really, so um, I am just getting into like some Tika Sumter stuff. Like I watch Mixed Dish, mm, um, yeah. which I enjoy. And so I was like, oh, okay, when I'm, you know, we're we're stuck in the house. So I'm watching movies that maybe I would not have necessarily wanted to watch before. And I'm like, oh, Tika Sumter and I like Tiffany, you know, let, I'll check this out. Um, but I found Tika Sumter's character uh, Danica, a.k.a. Danica, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the first thing that, well, first of all, that's the first thing that made me laugh because I was like, oh, a black girl named Danica because that's my niece's name. And then, but if you listen to the, if you watch the movie, Tiffany Haddish's character, who is her sister, doesn't call her Danica. She calls her Danica because she said, that's what mommy named you. But the spelling, I'm sure, is the same. So it, that made me laugh because I was like, are there white people out there looking at my niece like, is your name Danica? And it's like, it's just Danica, don't be extra. But um, the answer to that, trust me, is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny. It's like, I'm now want to ask this like, Danica, have you ever been called Danica for no other reason than people just assume like that? It can't just be that. Um, and you're going to trigger her and she's going to go running into her room. <laughs> but I just, I found her character so unlikable. Like, I do not like her. And I, and I, I think I have an issue with the fact that she wins at the end. It was like, what? Mm. I would have left her in that rain. It's like, good day to you. <laughs> I just, I just didn't like her character. And um, yeah. And so I think, and specifically, you know, it's not like, you know, as a, as a woman, right. And, and it's always like this pressure where it's like, oh, this is a nice guy and he's nice to you. So you have to like him. It's like, it's not even coming from that place. It's like, no, she doesn't have to like him, right. but you know very much that he likes you. So don't use him. Like, you know what I mean? Because you can still, you can be like a, can I cuss? I don't know. I don't want to. No. No. <laughs> so, so you can, you can be a, you can be a B word. Right. And I feel like, so, so for me, Omari Hardwick's character, um, Frank, was a good dude. And I think he was very open and upfront about how he felt about her and also very open and upfront about 
how he didn't want to cross a certain line because he understood that that's not where she was with him. And so some right. of that was just like, you know, I'm cool to kick with you, I guess, in the, the way that you'll have me, but here are the barriers that I want to put up to make sure I'm also protecting myself. And she like would, I feel like lull him into this false sense of security. So he lets those guards down and then she would just talk crap about him. Like he's just like trash dude. And it's like, what is going on? And she did that at several points in the movie. So it just, I can't root for that person. It's like, be like, be real with him. You don't have to like him, but don't use him so that you can not be alone at night or whatever. I don't know. So I just didn't like, I just did not like her character. And not to mention dudes, a small business owner, he a coffee shop owner. Because at first I was like, you know what? I think I know what it is. Because he's working hard. He making <laughs> he doing the coffee. Then there's a scene where they were in the office and I saw all that paperwork. I said, I know that life. And she's like, you just at home sitting on the couch. Well, <laughs> So really, you feel like Tika Sumner was doing you wrong. Yeah. <laughs> she was disrespecting me, yes. Yeah. Okay, all right. But yet you were still moved to watch this movie multiple times, though, so you yeah. must have found some level of enjoyment out of this. Well, I found Whoopi Goldberg to be a joy. Okay. I thought Whoopi Goldberg was fun in this. Mm-hmm. Um, like when she's like, um, when her, when Tika Sumner's like, oh, well, what time do should I go and pick Tiffany Haddish's character up, Tanya. Uh, and Whoopi Girlfriend was like, she in jail. She's been there five years. You get there when you get there. <laughs> like, that's too much. Yeah, I just thought I, I thought Whoopi Goldberg was fun. Um, you know, Tiffany Haddish is fun. Like she's over the top, but mm-hmm. but I, I do enjoy like seeing her do her thing. Um Chris Rock scene got me. <laughs> When he was like, you got on the highway for the D. You paid phone for the D. I was like, you drove a thousand miles for the D. I was done. I was like, you know what? That's too much. And then meanwhile, he got a Jerry Curl mullet that then got a little fire. I was like, okay, that's funny. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Vince, where where are you on uh, Tyler Perry's No Nobody's Fool? I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> I think you always start there. Like, that's always my foundation. <laughs> like, you to, you, and no, I mean, it, it is. It's terrible. It's a terrible film. Like, and you have to start with, it's terrible. Okay. I think what was interesting to me is how crass it was. Mm. Because that's not really Tyler Perry's brand. Okay. Right. Like, you know, his whole brand is he makes these movies that Big Mama can watch and She's babysitting the grandkids or the great grandkids and they throw it on. And, you know, I have to say 90% of the time that I've seen a Tyler Perry movie just out in the world, it's been a family reunion type setting right? where you just throw it on. And I was, I was actually shocked by how crass it was. Like, like there's a lot of overt sexuality. Tiffany Haddish is, 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 is really out of pocket, <laughs> just just with the language and everything. But I respected the fact that he stretched a little bit with that, because I think Tyler Perry could could very easily kind of make Medea movies from now on mm-hmm. and just do that. So you know, I give him credit for that. 
I think this film is an example of his failings as a director in two ways. First, I felt like this film was on for 37 hours. <laughs> I think the pacing and the editing, like at one point I was like, damn, is, is it, it's another hour. And I, I, did, that, I did text you once and said, yo, Vince, this movie is still on. Right, but, but I think that's about the pacing and about that. And, and a lot of that is just technical prowess. Right. Like, right. like the, the, the pacing and the rhythm of the film. And then the other thing to circle back to Tiffany Haddish, I like Tiffany Haddish mm-hmm. if she is utilized well. Yes. And I think what I'm discovering about Tiffany Haddish is she really is project by project and it's the director that she works with. Yes. And you can tell that Tyler Perry, I got the sense that Tyler Perry told three people, just do your thing. Mm -hmm. Tiffany Haddish, Whoopi Goldberg, and then as you mentioned, that scene with Chris Rock, where there's no way that was scripted. Right. They just turned the camera on and said, Chris Rock, go for it for, you know, five minutes. The difference between Chris Rock and Whoopi Goldberg, and I agree with you, I think Whoopi Goldberg was the best thing in this movie. And it just wasn't enough of her. Right. But it's Whoopi Goldberg. So, like, you can tell Whoopi Goldberg, just do your thing. And you get gold regardless. Whereas I think Tiffany Haddish needs to be more directed and more honed because otherwise she's just all over the place. And I I think part of, of, of her over the topness is that I could never quite figure out what the tone of the movie was supposed to be because, you know, you have this love story and not only do you have this love story, they, they drop in this stuff about drug abuse and, and, you know, it's easy to kind of, just wave it off as just a Tyler Perry plot thing that he drops in there. But, but you, you know, it's like they, they, they lampshade it because he's at the, the AA meetings. And then at one point, Tiffany Haddish says he might fall back off the wagon. And drug addiction is something that Tyler Perry has dealt with. So mm-hmm. then I'm like, somebody, like, is, is somebody about to be a drug addict? Or, and ultimately, it was just sort of confusing. I like Tika Sumpner. I think you make good points about Tika Sumpner being unlikable. But I think if you look, again, Tyler Perry, you got to look at Tyler Perry. I think to a project, professional Black women in Tyler Perry movies are always unlikable. Yep. So can I ask, because I can't remember, was Taraji P. Henson's character unlikable? In um, In Acrimony? In Acrimony. (laughs) Trigger word. <laughs> well, first of all, she wasn't a, a professional black woman. Like I'm talking, like I think she okay. may have been a housewife. Oh, um, no, she was working. Remember, she was working like nine jobs for the bro. I was about to say right, but she wasn't. You know, she wasn't Gabrielle Union and Daddy's Little Girls. Okay, she wasn't um, she wasn't uh Kim Elise. Mm-hmm. In in um, what was it? I think that's Medea's. Is that? Is that um, Medea's family reunion? No, um, the first one, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Yeah, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Yeah, yeah. She's not, and I. She's not Sharon Leal. 
in Why Did I Get Married or any of these ones. Like, uh, he always has these very unlikable professional black women who turn down their nose at working men and, and you know, and just the whole shtick. So that I agree with you. I actually said at one point while I was watching, because, you know, I'm a Tika Sumner fan. Like, I love me some Tika Sumner. But I actually said, Tika Sumner ain't that damn cute. <laughs> like, he's, like, she was talking real slick to him. And I was like, Tika Sumner is cute. She ain't that cute for her to be talking right. that crazy. But I don't know anybody that's that cute. But that's, look, if you a black woman with a college degree in a Tyler Perry movie, you are an unpleasant human being. Like, that's just who you are. Or if you're not an unpleasant human being, um, and Dominique Dominique in our Facebook group says that, yes, Tika's character is so rough because that's how Tyler Perry sees professional women. Um, if you're not an unpleasant human being, you can be prepared that sometime in that movie to have uh, a takedown because that's what happened in famously... Vince, in your favorite Tyler Perry movie. That would be uh, Tyler Perry's Temptation, a film by Tyler Perry. Yes. Uh, that happens to Journey Smollett's character in that in that film. Uh, I agree. I did not like this film. There are technical reasons that I don't like this film, which show his, his failing as a director, and I'll speak to them a little bit for, uh, later. And you definitely, Vince, um, spoke of how he just misuses Tiffany Haddish. Um, I think, be myself, while you say that it's a stretch for him to do this R-rated film, and maybe it was intended to be R-rated, but I have a funny feeling that Tiffany Haddish, he gets Tiffany Haddish onto this film. He knows that, everybody knows Tiffany Haddish is like a lot of comedians or or very... um, uh, vibrant comedy stars right now, if you get them in a, in a film and let them go, they will go. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So Tyler Perry never has shown of having the most deft hand as far as um, pulling a performance out of an actor. I can see him very much signing on Tiffany Haddish, especially at, in 2018. She's still in the, the Tiffany Assance and everybody is on her top. So he he locks her down and says, saying, baby, I wrote this film for you. You go, you do whatever you don't like, rock and roll. And giving her that license and knowing how she gets down, well, this film has no no choice but to be R-rated because you know how Tiffany Addis is going to get down. You know what I mean? So I don't even necessarily know that he he did made the stretch to do an R-rated film, right? Um, And the shame of it is, is that there's two shames of it. One is that Tiffany Haddish has shown herself in other works, such as uh, TBS's The Last OG, OG um, that TV series, or in the the movie from, I think, just last year, The Kitchen, which wasn't a big success. But she was she's shown that she is, when moderated properly, you can get a very mannered performance out of her. You know what I mean? And considering that this character, the film is sold on this movie is about this woman who who goes pick up her sister who's just getting out of prison and her act, reacclimation to life is throwing all type of hazards into her life. Uh, well, she gets out of prison, are already getting, you know, getting her booty banged out in the, in the parking lot. Um, is that a technical term? 
It was it, it was in the liner notes. So she's doing that, but then within ten minutes after that, she is she's got a new wardrobe, and walking on her way to get coffee, she gets a job. So after that, for the rest of the movie, she basically is just Tika Sumter's other girlfriend because she doesn't even come off like a sister so much she comes off like her other girlfriend and every once in a while they throw some in some acronistic line about she didn't know what skype was yet she's able to plop down to a computer real quick and bust out an email to catfish with uh, without even having to do like a password you know what i'm saying so so you didn't even need for her to be somebody who got out of prison. She just could have been been her sister. Plus, she's so over the top that the second she comes into the film, not only does she take over the film, but she curbs Amber Riley's character as her assistant so that she basically has nothing to do but be a deer in headlights for the rest of the movie. Mm. And and, and every every, uh, every once in a while, and by once in a while, I mean maybe once or twice, come in with some expository line to catch the audience and and um, Tiffany up on what's going on in Danica or Danica's life, you know? So that was a feeling of this this movie. And Tika Sumter, who you, you both have said, has shown chops and it's probably earned her earned her way to being the lead in this film and then you put her in the lead in this film that tonally doesn't know what it wants to be and then you don't do nothing with her you don't do nothing with her but build her up as just like she's a professional woman you don't show her exhibit any type of true acumen at her profession you know just like uh, most Tyler Perry movies you know she's professional and successful because somebody has said we know that you're successful and and um and you're professional not because of what we see her do. You know right. what I mean? A lot of the, the, um, is Amber her real name? The actress who played the friend? Amber yeah, Riley. Yeah, that's her, real Riley. Name. that's her real name. Yeah, because at one point she even says in the film, like, oh, your sister makes six figures. Right. But, but, but you don't really see her. Like, But when we see her, she almost losing her job. Where right, exactly. The partners have to review. I'm, I'm, I've been suspended. You know what I mean? And if you're really pulling in six figures, even if you have one flub up, I doubt that would be enough to make the partner right. say that's exactly. You. Exactly. You're not walking out with your with, with the cardboard box look, after you know. Look, we don't want to go down the right. we don't want to go down the well-traveled road of my favorite Tyler Perry dissertation. Tyler Perry has no understanding of how life works. <laughs> like Tyler Perry. You, like Tyler Perry watched Boomerang and he took some notes and said, ad agency, people work. Like he looked at somebody and said, six figures. That's a lot of money, right? Is that is that a lot of money? Is that how that works? Is that a lot of money? Six figures? Is that a lot of money? That's a lot of money. <laughs> the man lived in a car and then he was a billionaire. That's true. He never have a regular. He's never had a regular job. He don't know how none of this work. He's good at it. She six figures. Is that money? Is that how people make six figures? Give me this big ass. Is this big? 
<laughs> Put another room on it. Right, right. Yeah, so I mean, so I mean, it's it's and it's it's I mean, it's a shame on that level. Then you you get somebody like Omari Hardwick who has a lot of charisma. And I'm not talking about just a good-looking guy, but he's shown that he's a man of you, you know, has a lot of charisma, lights up a screen if you give him the opportunity to light up a screen. And yet you have done absolutely nothing with him. The script says that he has this interesting backstory because he went to prison and you know was de- dealing with alcoholism or some type of uh substance abuse and everything like that the script tells us that but nothing about him in the film tells us that in fact when he actually sits down to tell her his story if you listen to it he bs's through the story and never tells exactly what he did he just mm-hmm. basically, yeah, I, you know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I fell into the wrong type of crew, but uh, and he didn't have a daddy, and I didn't, you yeah. know, and I didn't have a father, you I know, the typical, typical grown up. I didn't have a father, but now I've got a business, and I'm here. Can, <laughs> are you serious? Are you serious? That is, if, mind you, all of that is the first hour of this doesn't need to be this damn long movie. <laughs> you know what I like? You know what I like, though? Because it's, it's the same thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was like, it's on an hour, and at that point, they had gotten together, and you know it's going to be a complication. Right. I was like, well, what is the complication going to be to break them up when the catfish boyfriend turned out to be real? I thought that, that was hilarious. I thought that was the most soap opera-y twist yes that i actually gave him credit i said i love a stupid twist and he gave me a stupid twist see and then it was black jimmy olsen <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yes makai brooks from um cw supergirl it, it it it's it's not a bad it's not a bad twist it didn't make any sense no i so here's a, i did have i mean you know again we're speaking in context of this film I did think that the catfish thing was kind of silly and that she was riding so hard for a dude she never met like for a year yeah and like not like not seeing other people and even at one point she they're like you know I guess pillow talking over the phone and she was like oh don't say anything else I'm so horny and it's like yeah because you've been dating this man for a year but you've never seen him like it's it's strange to me it's like I don't even understand what conversation we're having like like I feel like even if you want to you know be phone pals with this guy like that you don't stop your life for some dude you never met because he works on an oil rig. Like, that sounds crazy. Who doesn't know how people date each other. Right. And, and then it's like, and and again, for her to be like this intelligent, professional woman, she's got all this stuff going on. It does not make sense to me that that's the woman that would be sitting around waiting for this man to call her on the phone. No, it doesn't. No. It doesn't at not, all. not some dude she never met. Like, you know what I mean? Like, again, I see you getting caught up when you're actually in a relationship with somebody. A phone conversation is not a relationship. Right. And mind you, mind you, while she's doing that for this year, she's turning her nose up at a man who owns his own business, can afford to give her a free coffee and a flower. <laughs> every- and he could not afford it. 
he was he was putting himself out there. He couldn't afford that. Okay, okay, but <laughs> either way, you know the profit margins ain't like that. <laughs> giving away flowers and coffee. Either way, he's doing that every day for a year. Meanwhile, you've been talking to a bull for who for a year can't get a reliable Wi-Fi hookup. <laughs> it's almost like somebody who wrote it doesn't know how computers work. <laughs> because I'm telling you, look, 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 you don't have to, you don't have to be a black woman. You don't have you don't have to you don't have to be a black woman making six figures to realize that if this dude can't get his Wi-Fi life right in a year so that he can see me, then he's not at my level. Why am I wasting time with this, bruh? I'm not saying necessarily that makes you run to Coffee Man, but it definitely makes you say, yo, have fun on the oil rig. I see you at the gas station. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess so. So my my thing for again, once again, it's like it's never so much that it's like I necessarily wanted her to want to be with him. But it was just like but just everything about it was just that's not how you treat people, especially when you when somebody who's been decent to you. It's like he didn't gave your sister a job because he knows it's like she's not going to be able to just go out there and get a job as an ex-convict. So here, you know, I'll hook you up. I'll do that. So then you don't then after sleeping with this man that you know likes you, then tell your friend, I never want to see him again. And and then he was cracking me up because he was like a fox. I said, why was he always in the room? He around the corner when she just stepping out. <laughs> the he in the shadows. <laughs> Even like you don't know. <laughs> Even when she came in the house that last time, and I forget what, what they were talking about, but she had said something about him, and he walked out like, I was just getting my stuff. It's like, why are you a ninja, sir? What did she come in here? <laughs> I said, she just need to stop, because he he just be in the corners, in the shadows, like, oh, I couldn't find my keys. It's like, why are you in here? It's dark. It makes some noise when you move. <laughs> you put a bell around his neck, because he was, he was always... Like, dude, <laughs> why are you in here all the time? I thought that was going to be the twist. I thought maybe he was homeless. <laughs> it wasn't no twist. It was not a twist. What I want, what I started to say though about the whole catfish thing, right? Um, I, I agree. I think the whole twist that the catfish was real was was silly and comes out of left field. It especially comes out of left field because it comes within the last half hour of the freaking movie, right? Mm-hmm. But if we if we buy the premise that she was so enamored with this dude for a year, right? For whatever this dude this dude was gassing her up like a mug for a year, right? And then after she thinks that it's not real, she finds out that, oh my God, he actually is real standing in front of me. There's an argument to be made that if I have only really recently just started seeing this person, and yet this dude who I have been invested this much time in actually proves to be real and is now sitting here in front of me, there's an argument to be made that Okay, I'm at least going to go see 
what this is about. I'm not saying go to bed with the brother on the first first shot, but I'm saying there's an argument. I could see her saying, okay, let me see if even a little bit of, of what I was feeling was real since he has proven to be real. And and I understand that argument. If you've invested yourself emotionally, even in someone you haven't met for a year, that if they you if they you get the opportunity, you want to see that through. But I think so. A again, being an adult woman and being again just kind of where she's supposed to be in her life, I feel like a you're going to have the conversation. Like, look, because I've invested time in this, I just need to see so I can be sure. I think you can say that. Or at the very least, if you want to dip and do dirt, don't have dudes show up at your job, which is next to the coffee shop that the dude you are with owns. And well, she didn't you, know. She didn't know. He found that out. He found out where she. No, was. no, 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 no. Because like he comes to her the first time, and she and he finds out. But then right. she reaches out to him and said, "Well, let's go get lunch." And he meets her there for lunch. Oh, you yeah. You could have met right. him at the restaurant. You could have met him on the other side of town. You don't tell dude to come to your job knowing that your job is next to where your other dude is. Like That's if you true. try to be sneaky about it, you That's know what true. I mean. That's true. Other thing when they went as, as a woman, as a woman. Two seconds into like them getting downstairs when they're about to go, and when he leans in, it's like you soulmate or something. I was like, oh no, get away! I was like, I was like cornball alert, let that go. And I find it hard to believe that you've been talking to this dude for a year and he never gave you any cornball vibes. But then within yeah. a five minutes in real life, he is like a different person. Nobody's phone game is that strong. I'm sorry, nobody's phone game is that strong where he has never dropped whack hints in the course of like your year-long phone conversations. It's almost like somebody wrote the script who doesn't understand how phone conversations <laughs> Are you noticing a pattern? <laughs> Tyler Perry doesn't know how any of this works. <laughs> not know how any of this works. Oh, man. Oh my God! It's all really quite ridiculous. Again, I don't know why. Yes, the question begs: <laughs> Why then did you watch this film on repeat? Now we've been quarantined for what? Now it's been a, at least a month, right, Vince? Yes. Yeah, 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 almost. Okay, so Ariel, how many times exactly have you watched Nobody's Fool? That's a good question. Maybe four times. <laughs> Including what rewatching it for this. We watch this movie more than Tyler Perry has watched. That is terrible. And why are you doing that to yourself? No, I don't know what I'm trying to get out of it. I think part of me is just trying to make sense of it all. And I was so, and also so from kind of criticizing the direction of the film like even the like the very last scene where she goes to his cabin in the woods they hear the other thing he got a cabin in the woods you treating this man like he just a good for nothing so he got a home and then he got a cabin that he goes Tyler Perry crazy but anyway so he got this like recluse cabin in the woods no no one else around a beautiful sky um and she goes up there and it's and it's 
weird. And again, I can't tell if it's because I just really don't like this character. So I have no desire to see her win in this mm-hmm. situation. Um, but I have no emotional connection when she's out in the rain singing and he's sitting in the chair. And so, and part of me is like, I can't tell if that's just me not liking her or if it's on the director side, because for me, even when he gets up, he decides to get up and comes out the house. There is no emotional buildup watching that for why he what about her performance, quote unquote, would make him jump up and run out to meet her after I never want to see you again after she let do hump her leg and all this other stuff. It's like you you can keep your silliness. Like I like it again, at no point I feel like in this movie you see him go the extra mile for her over and over again. You never see her go the extra mile for him and and, and being appreciative of him. So what is he even thinking about to make him say, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go run out in the rain. That's my girl. It's like, no, go home. Thanks. And don't ever come to my cabin in the woods again. <laughs> and who told her where it was? Because she never took her there. He had said, like, oh, I want to bring you up to my cabin in the woods. But I was like, wait, how she know where it was? I, I, you know, again, you don't want to go down the road of details in a Tyler Perry <laughs> movie and things that don't make sense. You'll be here for another three hours. <laughs> I, I agree with you, though. I agree with you about the emotional buildup because the one thing among many things that I didn't like about that scene was that neither... First of all, I didn't think as much as I, I enjoyed... I enjoyed Tika Sumter, the actress. I did not enjoy her in this movie. Correct. And that, so, yeah, and that's, I Tika Sumter, too, but this role, it was this character is horrible. Well, well, right, and I don't, I don't think she's given much to do. But I also think that at that at that end part, I don't think she necessarily performed the singing of it like with any type of real verve or anything like that that would make you want to get swelled up in it. Nor do I feel that Omari Hardwick um, was actually even kind of looked stirred by her singing. I mean, one. He let her sing damn near the whole song. Um, the whole song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we literally got to the crescendo before he comes outside. Tyler Perry paid money to get the licensing. You're going to get this whole song. <laughs> you go, exactly, exactly. Because ain't nobody going to buy the soundtrack. So while I can't put it on a soundtrack, well, look, then we're going to put it out on here. Um, so he doesn't look stirred up at all. Um, and, and, I don't, and I think that may be a combination of the actor as well as the director, but I'll blame it more on the director because it's your job to pull that from the actor in that scene. Um, uh, so, so that kind of bothered me. It also bothered me. It's like, yo, he didn't, he didn't say where this was. Why, why are you going there now? Um, uh, but her doing this is indicative of everything that Tyler Perry does in his movies to, to, to me, black women, but maybe it is, uh, uh, also to professional women, maybe, you know, um, got to see what the percentages say, but he always likes to build them up and then break them down so he can then maybe build them back up, you know, so that the 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 black man who, despite his faults, is still a good man, is still going to take you in. And I'm not saying, now, my thing about that, as much as that kind of like 
just doesn't feel realistic to me. I also understand, like Vince has always pointed out, that I made I'm not the audience for the Tyler Perry film, so mm-hmm. I don't know whether or not. Um, and the people who I speak to, who enjoy his movies, that is the type of thing that seems to resonate with them. So who am I to say that that's not the way to go? So God bless you. But there's a way to go, and there's a you can still do it with quality. You can still do it with better writing. You can still do it with fully formed characters that do not just sound like cookie cutter caricatures of what a black professional or a black coffee maker, uh, um, coffee o- coffee shop owner, or um, a pseudo woman getting out of prison are supposed to sound like. It just really, it just really annoys me. And then his direction that... The other thing about the writing of a Tyler Perry comedy that I cannot stand is when someone tells you a joke, make does something funny in the movie, and then immediately follows it up by telling you why it's funny right. or explaining right. what the joke yeah. is. Yeah. And that happens. Oh, okay. That's what I'm going to say. It happens time yeah. and time again in this movie. Like, um, there is the moment where. Uh, she first gets the job and she gets the job. uh, uh, Tiffany Haddish character, Tanya, gets the job at the the coffee shop and he's like, go out and fill out these forms. And she's having like sexual wordplay about, you know, like, oh, I'm going to fill out the form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I put down here is sex. You know, what position? You know, you know, what what, now, when she says sex, what's position? Because of the byplay that's been happening between the two of them, you know she's alluding to sex. Plus, Tiffany Haddish okay. can't hear, can't help but wear the joke on her face, so you know where she's going, right? Yeah. And then he says, you know, um, hey, we'll work that out later, which again can just be a funny line in response to that as well. But though, then she has to follow that up. Well, I like the doggy style because. Unless you weren't couldn't get it, audience. I'm talking about sex here. Right. We know it. You don't have to telegraph it. You she's already telegraphed it in her face. You've already telegraphed it by all of the wordplay before. You don't have to continue telegraphing it. You can just move on and, and be confident in the comedy that you have set up. And that happens right. time and time again. And it is the it is the writing, honestly, of a immature in your writing career writer like almost a first time writer you can't say that about Tyler Perry he's written over 20 freaking movies at one moment you need to crack a book dude and learn how to write a script learn how to write dialogue that actually sounds like it's coming from different characters and not just making sure you're sharing the jokes um amongst all of, all of your cast. That is very disappointing. It's disappointing from, as a writer, it's disappointing as someone who enjoys movies, it's disappointing as someone who has worked on films. Um, and I can't, I can't help but imagine that looking back, that is something that will be difficult, disappointing to the people who star in his more serious-minded films such as this. And I think just thinking about that, that, her filling out the application and just kind of the the sexual wordplay there. That's also after they had the whole unclogging of the espresso machine, which was a whole right. thing. Right. So 
So they have in jail. Say it again. They have espresso machines in jail. Well, they. She said she was like they call me the niggerista barista. <laughs> that actually did make me laugh. I said, "What she said?" But yeah, so apparently she was making lattes and stuff for the guards. Now again, I don't know jail, but I would assume they have no espresso machines. I don't know jail. I don't know how many espresso machines they have in jail. <laughs> You know who else doesn't know? Tom Barry. Tom Barry. Look, she she learned how to do this in prison. They have espresso machines, and I don't know. I don't know. Oh my god. I don't know. But all right, so so here's what I will say. Maybe the thing that I like, I that not like, but the thing that keeps bringing me back to this movie is maybe I want to fix it. Because I, I see what could have been fun because even like the relationship between Frank and Tanya, especially knowing that he likes her sister, so potentially this is her future brother-in-law. I actually yeah. like their relationship. Like when he was like, well, I'm going to go check on her. And she's like, that's a B move. And then she likes, like, I'm trying to turn your B switch off or whatever. I just mm. thought that was like fun banter between, even though he, that's her boss and, and, you know, coworker, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're also on a road to become something more, like to become family. So I liked the chemistry between those two characters, like even in the car where she was like, you know, going to go down on him. And then she was like, why won't your car let me? Yeah. <laughs> I think it. they have more chemistry than a yeah, And then she like genuinely laughs at that because she he's just like, this girl's silly. And, yeah. and, I, and I really enjoyed when they're together. Yeah. Even more than more than his connection with Tika Sumter, because that just that felt really cold. Yeah. yeah, I was hoping that Tika Sumter maybe ended up with Black Jimmy Olsen, and then no, I I mean I don't like her, but nobody deserved that. I mean, you know, that was a mess. He was tall. <laughs> he was tall, and I mean, he's, tall. He's, 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 tall. he's handsome. But that can only take you so far. It can only take you so far. You got you to have some swag, some finesse, some personality. He was horrible. Again, and the fact that that would have come through over the phone. Right, right. Because all you have is the, 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 the talking. It's not like, oh, but the way he walked, you ain't never seen him walk. You never seen him. You're right. So it don't You're make right. it right. It didn't make any You've watched it four times. So. <laughs> I've watched it four times. I've watched it four times. And I think also even that last scene, it like, it does irk me because I, in my mind, I'm like, well, how could that have played out where they could have built up that emotional piece? Like, I was like, maybe he shouldn't have been sitting in a chair for as long as he was. Like, at some point he should get up. Like, even if he get up and went to the door and looked at her. And, and looking at her, right? Right. right. Like and then and then it and then but she keeps singing anyway despite the fact that he just closed the door in your face or something it just I don't know I wanted it to be more maybe that's why I'm watching it because I think well maybe this time it'll click <laughs> it'll click for me and it'll all make sense you know Lucy pulls the football away every time <laughs> yeah I don't know if you're aware of that I'm learning okay all right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I do want to pick. No, I don't care. I, I do want to put out one other thing directionally that that bother me. And some people will say this is a a, a nitpick, but it is. As you're known to do. Well, look, I'll pick a nit. 
but it, it's it's one that is if you have been directing over 20 films it's it's something that you should be paying attention to especially if you are now have been blessed by your success you know and nobody's hating you on your success that you have your own studio and where you can film these things at so now you're not extending your budget on renting you know locations or anything like that then when your characters are supposedly driving in a car <laughs> and you are filming the inside of their car and you have fake footage of, on the outside of the car to make it, it look like they're in the street then it should look like they're at the proper angle in the street. Yeah, that was terrible. Because there are multiple shots of them driving and you get a parallel view and the street is on a on a slant. It, I mean, it's 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 jack it, it looks like they're on a highway on the side but in the back they're driving clearly down a city street i mean there is no consistency at all going on he had his character was hot <laughs> and she was seeing crazy like i thought oh is this foreshadowing because <laughs> i was trying to help i was trying to help tyler perry <laughs> Mind you, and I'm giving you the pass that the inside of every car looks exactly the same. I'll give you that pass, dog. You know, but it's come almost on. like somebody who hasn't been inside of a regular car before. <laughs> so Tyler Perry just don't understand how just life works. Just any of it. Just any of it. <sighs> oh my god. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Because I don't because I think we've done enough. I never really understood their relationship as sisters. Me neither. Like I didn't understand how they were sisters. Like like were they close? You know, she said she had been in jail for five years, which is a significant amount of time. But it's not like she hadn't seen her in 30 years. Yeah, it's not like she's came coming out when she's 21, was in since she was 16. Right. Like I mean, I just told my takeaway from that was that they were never close. Or or because Tika Sumter's character seems like somebody who was always trying to put distance of between herself and her roots. So because she's on the road, I mean, even the fact that her mom named her Danica and she's going by Danica. So I feel like because Tiffany Haddish's character wouldn't have fit into this lifestyle that she's building for herself, she probably kept her at bay. So I didn't really, I guess I didn't overthink that. I just took it that they weren't close. So five years ago, she and Tika Sumner just didn't see each other? But I mean, but you also get the impression, or I think you do, um, <laughs> that she's been in and out of jail. Okay. So it's not like, oh, she did a five-year bid and that was it. It's like, yeah, that, that was her most recent, you know, staying in jail, but that she's been kind of in and out and just kind of off, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, but they were still close enough that uh, Tanya, Tiffany Haddish's character, knew about the dude who she was supposed right. to she marry. That's true. She and knew all... She Go let ahead, her man. come stay with her. Say it again? She let her come stay with her. 
Well, that could have been well, because mom, mom said so. Like she can't stay with me. Right, right. Well, she told a copper last time. <laughs> now that made me laugh. <laughs> she said, "Want to lock your toaster?" <laughs> As someone from Baltimore, jokes about people stealing copper. Yeah, that's junkie behavior, and that made me laugh. Because <laughs> they were stealing in Baltimore. Yes, that's true. Yes, yes. yes. All right. Well, the, the time has come. Um, <laughs> Ariel, survivor of four viewings of Nobody's Fool. Obviously, you're somebody's fool. <laughs> Whatever, Len. Would you recommend Nobody's Fool? Um, you know what? We're in the middle of a quarantine. <laughs> sure, why not? Because, like, once again, I didn't see it in the theaters. I didn't pay four times to see it. You've not seen The Wire from beginning. You no, know, I didn't see it. No, I've, I've seen The Wire, and then I made a decision because it upset me that I knew that I was never going to go back and binge it because I just, I was like, I can't do and that. And yet this film that triggers but... you... <laughs> You can want everyone to enjoy and take in this experience. Because it triggers me in a way that I can't quite put my finger on it. I feel like I watch it just scratching my head. Like I need to understand the secret. And maybe there isn't any. And like I said, I keep watching it, like trying to figure it out. But here's the thing. I, again, didn't see it in the theater. I didn't watch it under normal circumstances. Like I'm, by, at this point, I'm three weeks in the house. I'm burning through everything. It's like... I'm, I'm running out of shows, and I was like, yeah, "Why not? I'll watch this." And that was that was it. So as as we continue in our quarantine, and we're going to be quarantined for at least two more weeks, why not put it on? Okay, yes, ladies and gentlemen, don't do like Ariel. Don't put it on four times, but go put on nobody's phone. The fourth time was in preparation for the show. So really, I watched it three Right, times. right. In case you missed some of the nuance. <laughs> you wanted to make sure. <laughs> In the latter half, you'll notice that his lighting choices are a visual metaphor of the sunset of their relationship. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's one vote. Vince... What's he, would you recommend Nobody's Fool? I'm going to say no. Okay. However, if you, are, if you are kind of interested in Tyler Perry, I do think it is a weird entry in the Tyler Perry canon because it is amazingly crass mm. and amazingly sort of just, just over-the-top sexual and this, that, and the other. So... You, you know, if, if you're morbidly fascinated by Tyler Perry like I am, I would put this along with Acrimony and Tyler Perry's Temptation of Film by Tyler Perry as these sort of weirdo entries in Tyler Perryville. But, but for the most part, no. There's no reason to watch this. Okay, well, I'll have to second that emotion. Uh, no, there's no reason to watch well, Nobody's there, Lynn. 
<laughs> don't you be a fool, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> don't see nobody's fool. If you if you're a fan of Tiffany Haddish, then trust me, she's all over the place. So she'll show up on your screen sooner or later. Check out the two seasons of the OG from TBS. She's very good in that. And go watch The Kitchen, which is streaming a- as well. Um, that was a very slept-on film. Go check that out. If you're a fan of Tika Sumter. Tika Sumter has done a lot, a lot of good stuff. Uh, she actually, I think, played Michelle Obama in that yeah. movie about um, their first uh, date. Yeah, their first date. Something. What was it? Something happened in April uh, or something. Something South Side, right. South Side with you. I think maybe is the title. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she was in that film. She was in this film, The Oath. She's done. She's done good works and in, in other things. Hey, and Tika Sumter's not in The Oath. I think that's Tiffany Haddish. Oh, the Tiffany Haddish. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's I didn't right. like but, The Oath. Couldn't even get through it. I, I, I it was all right. It was, it's better than this. That's what I will say. <laughs> well, I couldn't. Even, I didn't even finish watching that one whole time. I've watched this four. You you watched this four times. Yes. Yeah, yeah, see, but you you blew you you blew your credentials when you said you didn't finish the wire. So like everything else is suspect. Okay. I'm from Baltimore. I don't need to watch the wire. <laughs> I lived it now. Boy, that is a Baltimore thing to say. <laughs> I don't need to watch the wire. I lived the wire. I lived the wire. Right, right. And and to and when I when the wire came out, it was my freshman year in college. So I went to college here in Philly, went to Temple without fail. Every time somebody, you know, oh, where are you from? Because you're a freshman. It's like, oh, where are you from? Where are you from? Every time I said, oh, I'm from Baltimore. Oh, you seen The Wire? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, calm down. <laughs> Get out of my face. All right. And maybe some of my Wire issues also come from that. Okay. Maybe, maybe. Um, so, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you'll find other things um, to to watch. Go rewatch Power. There, there you go. You can get your, uh, get your Omari Hardwick uh, fixed that way. All right. Um, before we talk about what's happening next week, ladies and gentlemen, Ariel, if people want to get in touch with you, they're like, oh, my gosh, she was, she was so much fun on the Michelle mission. Where can they find out more about you and get in touch with Ariel Johnson? Um, so if you want to uh, check out Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, we are located at 2578 Frankfurt Avenue in Philadelphia in the Kensington section of North Philadelphia. Uh, you know, when when the quarantine lifts, um, you can follow us on social media at Amalgam Philly. That's A-M-A-L-G-A-M-P-H-I-L-L-Y. We on, are on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also email us at info amalgamphilly at gmail.com. Uh, if you just want to connect with us, you want to know about comics, hosting an event, uh, all that good stuff. Um, if you want to uh, follow my own uh, personal misadventures, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, wind double underscore rider, R-I-D-E-R 83. Thank you so much, uh, Ariel, for taking the time to do the show with us. And thank you for being a longtime dedicated fan of the Michelle mission. We really appreciate your patronage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love, I love, I love the show. Like, even though y'all, y'all made fun of me on here, I'll be back <laughs> and I'll keep listening. I mean, you watch this movie four times. <laughs> we don't. But, but in my defense, especially because y'all just 
Y'all just like ripped a part of my childhood out of my heart when y'all did beat Breaking and Breaking 2. I can't <laughs> tell you how many times I've watched Breaking 1 and Breaking 2. I have it on VHS that was taped back in the 80s, like one of them old Kodak tapes. I got the transition song that takes you right from Breaking 1 to Breaking 2. I can do the dance scenes. You know, y'all tore apart the combat battle. Like, I didn't know if they were going to they was going to dance. It was like, that was iconic. Okay. I still want Kelly's green bikini top thing, whatever she had on. Anyway, I said, they sitting up here disrespecting my movie. But that's all right. That's fine. That's okay. I'll, I'll still come back. Well, well thank you. We appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. And before we tell you what we're going to be reviewing next week, or Vince tells you, ladies and gentlemen, um, we invite you to send all of your feedback. Email us at themeshowmission at gmail.com. You can like and follow us on all the social media at Mission. Show is spelled M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X. Please join the Facebook group where our Facebook live stream um, happens right there in front of all of our missionaries and thank each and every one of the missionaries who has um, chimed in and have been watching during this um very special presentation we really appreciate it um these are these are the crazy days right now i like to call these the, the now days we don't know what's happening tomorrow but the now days are, are upon us and me and vince have um you know promised each other to try and do as much as we can to just give you as much entertainment as uh, you know some type of levity to brighten up your day, um, to take your mind off of everything that's going on right here. Uh, the, the show mission is available as a radio show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on WPPM 106.5 FM, Philly Cam, People Power Media here in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. And also you can wake up with the Michaud Mission every Monday at 9 a.m. on WKDU 91.7 FM, the voice of Drexel University. And the Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network, Podglomerate Curated Podcast for your listening pleasure. Vince, what are we reviewing next week? Well, speaking of films that people have been watching during this time that we've been inside, my, my, my very good friend Bruce introduced his son to um, Stacey Dash. And, and, and his, his son is 15 years old. So this 15-year-old young man saw Stacey Dash for the first time. And, of course, many of us have been 15 years old and seen Stacey Dash for the first time. But then Bruce had to break his heart and actually tell him about Stacey Dash. Ah. <laughs> but in honor of my young nephew, Miles, and the highs and lows of what happens when you see Stacy Dash, I want to do more money. We're going to okay. do more money. Yeah. Okay. All right. Dipping into the Wayback Machine. Yeah, I like Damon that. Wayans, Marlon Wayans. That may have, that may be her first big screen appearance. It may be. I know. Uh, I think that might be before Clueless. Okay. Okay. But all right. But next week, uh, another another Wayans because I think that's directed by Keenan. I believe so as well. So next week, we're going to talk about Mo Money. Mo Money, ladies and gentlemen, next week here on the Michelle Mission. Until then, she's Ariel, he's Vince, 
I'm Len, and in parting, we say... We'll see you in Sound Meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.